You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast, and I have uh, Vedrana Perkvist Tabor Retaber. Um, she's the CEO of a company called Boost Thyroid. So I'm going to call her Vedra because it's a little bit easier for my uh, my English tongue here, and hopefully that'll work. So, uh, Vedra, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me here. I'm fine. It's uh, evening in Berlin, so I'm actually quite excited to share a little bit about thyroid journey with you. Okay. So tell me what, what got you interested in, uh, in thyroid? You know, usually it's a, unfortunately a personal medical problem that gets people involved in uh, medical type companies. So what, what happened to you? That's true. So um, I also have my own selfish reason for um, doing work in thyroid. Um, I got interested because I, I have Hashimoto's, um, an autoimmune thyroid condition. And my patient journey was not very easy. Um, also, my background is in research. Um, I'm a biomedical researcher. And uh, I think that that helped me a lot to understand a little bit more about this disease and then also a little bit more about how under-researched it is. And I love data. I see great potential of data that it can speed classic research and provide uh, much needed answers uh, faster for thyroid patients. And I think that um, that was that was a starting point. As a patient, I wanted a digital product because I also worked in digital health for a couple of years and I didn't see any product that would help me. And I wanted a, an app to, to track my symptoms on, on a broader intensity scale and enter and overview my lab tests, get information on the latest research, and then, of course, also to get reminded to take medication because that's very important for like uh, thyroid patient everyday life. Um, so that that was kind of like how how I got in. I really wanted to improve my understanding of the condition, and uh, also to get an opportunity to test different lifestyle approaches, which is kind of part of pre- preventive uh, disease management, and to see how they impact my health and well-being. So that's basically what what got me started and what got me to, to to start creating Boost Thyroid app. So, what's involved in Hashimoto's for people that don't understand? What so, does the condition uh, do, and what are the results? 
Yeah, that, that's a very good question. So uh, I have to say that there are, it's really a large number of people living with autoimmune conditions. There are 350 million people worldwide living with autoimmune conditions. So even if you do not personally have an autoimmune condition, people you love and care about might have it. And the most common, the most frequent autoimmune condition is called Hashimoto's. Um, by autoimmune condition, that means that own immune system is slowly uh, eating up, destroying my thyroid gland and making it underactive. And thyroid is an energy factory of the body. So if it's not able to work and produce hormones that will make me function on a daily basis, that will make my metabolism go on, then I will have um, quite a lot of symptoms. Some people um, report over 100 symptoms that are connected to an underactive thyroid. And uh, I will not be able to function properly. So there, there are quite a lot of um, problems. And Hashimoto's is a lifelong condition. It gets worse with age. It's currently incurable. Uh, it affects predominantly women, um, which is also uh, quite close to, the, the, to my heart. Um, it's under-researched. And as such, there are no good preventive management strategies in place. So I'm always trying to compare uh, type 2 diabetes if there would be no preventive strategies. So if there would be no... Uh, lifestyle or uh, so basically if there would be no lifestyle no diet no exercise uh, interventions if doctors would just tell to people come back in six months and we will see how much worse are you getting and we are going to ramp up your medication that's happening with uh, Hashimoto's and with underactive thyroid that's kind of what um, the current state of healthcare is uh, doing towards that. Of course, there are some wonderful medical um, doctors that are doing uh, really much more than that. Um, but uh, our idea with yeah. Boost Thyroid was to counteract this. This is why we built it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of women that um, have underactive thyroids or Hashimoto's. They're told by their doctors, oh, you're in range, you're fine, You know, no matter how they feel. So do you see that for people that have Hashimoto's or other thyroid conditions, low thyroid, that if they're in the range set by the lab that they test that, that most medical practitioners say, oh, you're fine? Yeah, that's, uh, that happens quite, uh, quite frequently. Uh, I, and I think that uh, I don't want to put blame on, on physicians because there is actually, um, I don't think that there is blame on them. What, what I actually see is... Uh, this misconception that doctors don't care by, by patients and then uh, by certain doctors that the thyroid patients are too demanding. And there is a big divide between doctors and patients and a lack of understa understanding between them. And that gives rise to mistrust and a lot of frustration. And we have worked with both sides. So we see that both doctors and patients do have the same goal and that's help patients feel their best. But the problem is how to get there. And while doctors, they, they must follow certain procedures and use reliable peer-reviewed research publications and practice guidelines. Um, and these take time to, to kind of like publish. The research takes time. Patients have actually the freedom to trust, well, whomever they want. And the lack of research is making doctors or physicians' hands tied. A lack of research means less scientific findings, less novel insights on the mechanism of condition, on what are 
like what actually these ranges mean like does it is it applicable to entire population or kind of how can we go in a more individualized uh, treatment options and this this makes then this big divide between doctors and patients i don't think the doctors do that um on purpose or that they are um like the evil counterpart of this uh, um equation they are they're just um, doing the actually the best that they can with uh, the information that they have from the research. So if we want to kind of put a blame on like or like if if something is um, faulty in 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 this entire um, um, kind of like <laughs> huge thyroid uh, field, then then it's a lack of research, lack of um research interest in in uh thyroid in autoimmune thyroid conditions in um basically health complications that are arising from autoimmune thyroid conditions so that's that's the big problem so of course there will be uh medical doctors that will follow guidelines and uh, as a consequence of that certain patients will definitely feel um mistreat like mis I don't want to say mistreated, but they will not feel treated um, the way that they want it to be treated. So, is there any research into is there any research into thyroid or not much? There, there is. Uh, well, there is not that much research in thyroid. So, basically, I spent fifteen years uh, as a research scientist. I did different topic. I did cancer immunology, and that was. Uh, um, field that was basically proliferating with scientific publications. There were tens of thousands of scientific publications, so sometimes it was very hard to follow. And now in uh, in the in thyroid field, there are some publications, but uh, we just published an Instagram post where we found that there were approximately 150 research publications done on Hashimoto's and thyroid in the past year. And that number might not mean a lot, but if you compare it to 25,000 publications that were published on diabetes alone during that year, then you get the, 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 the difference in magnitude of uh, research interest that uh, is pushed towards diabetes and that it's pushed towards uh, Hashimoto's and underactive thyroid. So there is research, but it's not enough. There has to be much more research in order for, for progress to, to, for us patients actually to feel this progress. And within the research, uh, can you tell what the focus is of the thyroid research? What, is, uh, what are people looking at? Are they looking at Hashimoto's? Are they looking at other areas of thyroid? The, that, that's a very good question, and I think it's also very dispersed. So they are looking in Hashimoto's. They are looking, um, basically, there was a very recent research publication saying that people um, should be treated less with uh, levothyroxine, that they, are, that they start treatment too early. I don't agree with that uh, paper because uh, they used uh, experience of only two patients, for example, and also they did not use, they did not take in uh, consideration that uh, thyroid stimulating hormone, which is the number one blood test that it's done, it's actually tied with uh, T4, so tyroxine um, value. So they didn't, for example, test these two values uh, as, as connected. They, they tested them as uh, separate values. So I think that, uh, for example, this research is also very dangerous for patients that are desperately um, in need of, of treatment and of medical attention. These patients that are now going to fall through the, the gaps, uh, it, 
uh, of that type of research will not get uh, any medical attention. So that's kind of bad. But then there is also a lot of research that is uh, trying to connect Hashimoto's with other autoimmune conditions like uh, multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis or diabetes type 2. So there are these overlapping uh, uh, autoimmune conditions that happen in one person. And it's known that if a person has one autoimmune condition that actually risk for developing a second autoimmune condition is close to 10 times higher. So there is some research interest there. Um, Then there is a research interest, of course, in uh, one of the um, bigger um, health complications that are coming from uh, undiagnosed and uh, and untreated Hashimoto's slash underactive thyroid. And these are fertility problems, fertility problems in women. So there is research on that as well. But again, this research is done on either very small number of people or it's done on a very niched um, subject and then it's not expanded further and as a researcher i really feel that we need more uh more power in, in research and kind of we, we need actually we need patients to to push that also uh they, they are the biggest and the best force that can push research forward okay so what what is boost thyroid what's the premise of the company what's the premise of the company um well Basically, um, what what we wanted to do, um, our idea was to, as I said, to counteract this lack of research knowledge, the, um, the health complications that are arising from reactive management and not preventive management. This is why we started building Boost Thyroid. So it's a free mobile app and a community for people with Hashimoto's and an underactive thyroid. And we are building a personalized uh, AI coach um, to bring patients and research together to create better health outcomes. So we aim to help by providing scientifically vetted information, uh, strengthening thyroid patients' community, supporting research, developing new technological approaches to improve better personalized health care, and improving patient-doctor conversation. And you can check more on our uh, website, uh, boosttyroid.com, if I may say that. But uh, I think that that was the, um, the premise, um, really, from the research and from patient perspective on Boost Thyroid. So who should use the app? People that suspect they have low thyroid or people that have been formally diagnosed with low thyroid or Hashimoto's or, you know, who should use it? I think that uh, both people that suspect that they have, even if uh, later by um, after medical checkup, it's shown that they are not having, actually, that's also success. So if if actually people come to the app, they will be asked a series of questions uh, uh, on their symptoms or on their blood tests and their experiences, and they will be already put in different groups uh, according to their risk. And then they will be um, led further in the app where they can track their symptoms on a daily basis based on the intensity. They can choose uh, from 20 different symptoms uh, which one they want to track. Um, and they can actually, people that are not diagnosed, people that have not gone to the doctor, this is a way for them to prepare for doctor's visit. So this is something that we are developing with uh, medical doctors, and we have talked a lot to them also to to figure out 
how can we uh, speed up the diagnosis of Hashimoto's? Because I think that's also one of the very important aspects that this disease takes years to be diagnosed. And during these years, it actually body gets destroyed. So how can we also prevent that? Um, then also uh, patients that are, for example, newly diagnosed or already diagnosed since uh, some time ago, they can enter their uh, thyroid lab test, they can uh, read scientifically vetted information, they get it either as long texts or as snippets of information on each symptom and uh, each supplement and medication that they are taking. So that, that, that's something that they can do within the app. We also support research, so we are pushing uh, surveys that uh, basically people can opt in if they want to um, answer or not, and all of this research will uh, then be analyzed together with one of our collaborators, and we hope to publish uh, findings on that very soon. So what happens if people put their uh, thyroid numbers in the app? You know, what, what kind of information do they put in, and what does it do for them? It just tells them, here's some research, or to tell them, hey, you may want to look at uh, taking level thyroxine, or you know, what what does it tell them to do? Uh, we are not advising. We are not uh, yet medical grade app, so we we will not diagnose or uh, advise people to take certain medication. People can enter their um, basically their demographic data, their health state status, and then their daily symptom and lifestyle tracking and we are we actually give them um, summary of their tr um, tracking so summary of their well-being they can see are they progressing towards better or are they stagnating or is their uh, condition worsening than the last seven days or last month um, they can they can choose uh, which time frame to compare so that's basically what they can um, they can do now and then also after each tracking we basically we the, the app the the engine of the app um, finds what the engine thinks is the best possible information for this particular person, and then it delivers it, and that's like one or two sentence something something um, that it's connected to a condition. So it can be around the treatment, it can be around the weight management, it can be around the, uh, certain supplements, it can be around uh, how to beat fatigue, etc. So that's something that uh, that that people will get on a daily basis and they can um, tell us or tell the the app if they like it or not so then the engine will uh, try to find the best possible information for for people does it have a spot where you can put in the medications you're taking yeah yeah you can you can put in medications you can put those you can put brand because also thyroid medication is generic so there are a lot of brands um and uh, you can put uh, input your start and end date of uh, taking medication. So, so there is also a sort of diary uh, type of uh, thing where you can enter both medication and supplements uh, which you are taking. So what's an example of what the app would, would do? Let's say I put in that I have uh, you know, thyroid antibody levels of a certain you know, amount and they're high. I put that in the app. What does the app do? Does it tell me that you know, high thyroid antibody levels could be linked with Hashimoto's. Here's a paper on it. Or yeah, yeah what um, would it do in that instance? For instance? No, it would not uh, uh, give you paper on it. We found uh, that it's better to give um, um, simpler but uh, always scientifically referenced information to people than to give them uh, scientific papers that are sometimes behind the paywall. So if you would. Uh, if you start using the app and if you put uh, your thyroid antibodies uh, 
that are above certain level, let's say above 40 or 45, uh, then uh, it would actually, the engine would tell you that uh, this uh, indicates Hashimoto's, but it would also, before doing that, it would ask you about certain symptoms. So it would tie that together, basically tell you what are the most common symptoms of Hashimoto's and what are the most common symptoms of underactive thyroid, because these things are not always, Hashimoto's and underactive thyroid are not always interchangeable terms. So it would try to tell you this, but then, of course, after entering certain antibody level, it would tell you um, if it's over uh, the limit that is considered to, to be an autoimmune condition. Um, there, there are, of course, uh, still things that we need to fine-tune because um, in periods of high stress, uh, antibodies can go high and then they can go lower. Um, so, so that's also something that we need to... Uh, we need to figure out. We do uh, disclaim, we, we do say that there are other conditions that might uh, cause elevations uh, in, in thyroid. So we try to really be very transparent and tell to people um, everything that, that, that we know from scientific research. We just don't uh, um, shower them with scientific papers. We distill that information and write it in a user-friendly way for them. So basically um, ma making it a little bit easier to navigate through that. How do you tell them what something could be when not and not provide advice at the same time? Is it just the language you use, or how do you make that distinction? Well, I think that advice would be, hey, you have Hashimoto's, so you should start taking this medication. What we can tell is that according to scientific research, there are five different conditions that might be connected to, to this. And um, the the only thing that we... Um, say that the on, only person that can actually diagnose for now is medical healthcare practitioner. So we are not advising people to take supplements. We are not advising people to take uh, medication. We are not advising people also to uh, undertake certain lifestyle, but uh, we provide them information from scientific research that we um, found uh, in PubMed and that can basically help them to understand the magnitude of this condition, that it's very complex, that, that there are a lot of faucets. So I think that we give them also quite a good uh, start point to talk to their uh, healthcare practitioners because they can be ready and they can ask questions uh, and, and have really even conversation and uh, they can be active participants participant in shared decision making with their healthcare practitioner. So what's the uh, what's the future of the app? What do you want to uh, do with it? You want to make it you mentioned a medical grade app. You know what is that and is that your goal? Yeah, that would be definitely our goal. We want to to bring it to that level. Um, I think that uh, what we have seen also um, with uh, current digital uh, uh, digitalization of healthcare um, and uh, current uh, availability of, of sensors and, and uh, smartphones that are getting cheaper and smaller and have better computing power and that can help us to track and share data from wherever in the world we are. Um, 
it i think that uh, that 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 type of power gives us a massive head start when thinking of developing tools and solutions for early disease diagnosis and preventive management of chronic conditions um, with the minimum or no need to go to doctor's office so us patients can actually monitor ourselves and uh, have live feed to our doctor's office wherever we might be um, this means that wherever in the world we are, as long as we are connected to the internet, we can have the same quality and continuum of care. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that that's something where we with Boost Thyroid definitely want to tap in. Um, this vast data that we are already collecting has the power to upgrade current health. And I think that... Uh, basically the, the 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 part where we are working is getting more and more immersed in digitalization patients have more power because of this digitalization um, we can have uh, health information we can use our data to power research this is fantastic opportunity for not only Hashimoto's but for all the other long ignored conditions so I think that this is where boost thyroid will continue to, to be a leading light for thyroid uh, conditions. Um, that's, that's basically where we want to go. We want to go more medical, but we definitely want to power research. This is where we see um, uh, that we can help this to, to, to cross this huge uh, gap in lack of knowledge that is currently there. Well, what about the data that's entered into the app? Are you able to uh, pseudonymize it and supply it to researchers? Is there any interaction there? Uh, yeah, we are having several research collaborations. So, of course, uh, uh, this is also what we have in our terms and service and um, privacy policies, saying that we are going to conduct research. Mostly what we do is uh, we do it uh, inside uh, the company, so inside Boost Thyroid, but we are having uh, external collaborators. So one is at University of Oxford, but we have uh, also here at Berlin uh, at Charité. Okay, that's not that known to the U.S., listeners but it's a very big uh, um, university hospital we have uh, other we have uh, collaborators at north northeastern so uh, all of these collaborators and us we are they, they are mostly also patients uh, Hashimoto's patients which is uh, I think remarkable and I think we are all we all really see this gap in knowledge and we are so interested to to kind of like contribute uh, with the data that we collect and with knowledge as researchers that we have to actually um, really push the, the, the management of Hashimoto's, the health management of Hashimoto's in, um, in the preventive lane. So now it's really this old fashioned way of treating it. So um, yeah, this data that we are, uh, collecting is not uh, sitting idly. We really use it for betterment of patients. And of course, it's always anonymized, uh, de-identified. We never use single data point from single person. So we, we are really very careful with uh, how we use the data. Okay. Well, very good. So, Veja, it's, uh, it's available for what, Android and iOS? Or where can people get the app? So unfortunately, the app is not available for Android yet, uh, but we are working on that. So uh, app is available for uh, iOS or so on iPhones uh, as a free to use app. So we don't charge it. Um, 
We are fortunate enough to be supported by uh, German Ministry of Education and Research and European Commission. We have gotten uh, quite good uh, research and development grants, and uh, that means that we can actually uh, provide this tool and this solution for patients for free. Well, very good. Well, Vedra, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, best of luck. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.